when I was a senior in high school, I got blonde highlights in my hair. Nice. This was not a political statement. This was simply me who had been broken up with going, I'll show them. And I got blonde highlights. It had nothing to do with my politics. And, and did you show them? No. <laughs> <laughs> they could not have cared less. <laughs> We've had not hot weather for many weeks now. Yeah. I. One of the weird things about my new apartment is it's quite cold unless I turn on the heater, which I'm not used to at all. My old place was 20s built. It had radiator heat. So even when you turned it off, it was still radiating warmth. Yeah. And now I just I get up in the morning and I like don't want to get out of bed because it's cold. Yeah. Which You're is, also on the west side. So I know. it's a lot colder. I'm a west sider. Okay. This is Gracie. We've talked a lot about her on here. She's been on one. Gracie Dixon. You, you strolled in during a discussion oh, of La La Land. one awkward cameo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was chaos anyway. Right. That was like a year plus ago. Yeah. It's La been La a while. Land. Wow. We've been doing this for a long time now. It's good. Good to commit to things. Okay. So what we're talking about today is, what we're going to talk about now is... Um, Movies that other people love that we hate. Yeah. And where I am inspired to talk about this by the success of Shape of Water, mm. which I find to be a very bad movie. Not, and not very bad as in poor quality, but very bad in just its extreme mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And an extremely mediocre movie to me is worse than a bad movie. Right. So I just think that that movie is so mediocre. I thought Lady Bird was really mediocre. I thought Black Panther was really mediocre. So there's a lot of movies coming out now that everyone loves that I'm just like, fuck this. What is? What do you think the reason is for the love? I've seen none of those movies. I'm so behind. But Shape of Water seems like Guillermo's attempt at Oscar bait. Yeah, I think it is, definitely. and I think I think nobody really loves Shape of Water. I think Shape of Water is just like the least offensive Oscar pick that everybody kind of defaults to if you don't really care. Yeah. So that just pushed it over the edge. Right. But most people that I've talked to who are serious movie people, my father being one, were like, this is so bad. Really? It's just so full of stupid tropes. Like, the bad guy is a racist and an anti-Semite. Oh. Like, he's uh, signaling up a storm to let you know, and he abuses women. Okay. So, just so you, in case you wondered if he was bad. No sympathy whatsoever. Yeah, no sympathy for poor Michael Shannon, you yeah. know, who's a totally one-dimensional character who's just evil. Yeah. I hate everyone. That makes it easy. Yeah, it's like, that's so and you boring. for the fish man. I know. It's like, oh, but the fish man is such a, you know, oh, he's so different. <laughs> It's different. And it's just, it's the whole movie is absurd and idiotic. I was so bored. I think Guillermo is a is only good if the script is equally good. And sometimes when he like writes his own movies, I'm just kind of left cold by He's them. He's just not a very interesting guy outside of visual, visual stuff. Right. He's like not an interesting, I, I mean, what? so what are Guillermo, I mean, like, I didn't really like Pan's Labyrinth. 
I mean, I understand that movie is very cool and daring, but what else has he done? That one's more interesting, too, because it's like got this whole historical significance and this like greater dimension. Whereas for this one, sure, it was like about the Cold War. But it didn't actually go into any detail about the historical moment in time. Yeah. Besides like implying that there was like some Russians around and stuff. So it was just like actually a very simplistic, superficial story. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. What else was was bad about it? Was it just was it boring? Was it the I was bored out of my fucking mind. I the was music so was really over the top. It was just really over the top. And really it, like there was no, it like needed to be edited. Like it just the scenes yeah. rambled on and on, and you were just like, I get and, uh, it. It's like, oh, the good guys are gay, and it's like, oh, they're being people are being homophobic to them. It's just like every trope Who is at gay? once. One of the good guys is like gay and misunderstood. Uh, yeah. It's oh, just okay. like so. What's his name? That famous actor, yeah. Jeffrey. Who's great. I love that guy. Jeffrey Jeffries? No. no, it's not Jeffrey Tambor. It's like the other no. guy who's like him. So He's... Guillermo's filmography includes like Kronos. That's his early big one. Never that's like a that. weird vampire movie. That's pretty good. Mimic. Oh, Mimic. Yeah. I remember that. That wasn't very good though. The, uh, the Devil's Backbone, which is that Spanish film... Uh, from 2001, which is actually quite good. That's a good ghost movie. Mm. He directed the second Blade movie, Blade Two, which Whoa. is second that's Blade. So that's the best of the Blades. No, so Blade One is great. No, Blade Two is better. Than Blade what? Yeah. I love Blade One. Hellboy and Hellboy Two. Oh, okay. He made he Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim, right. which I appreciate because I love monster movies. I wanted to like that movie a lot more than I did. I didn't good. see Crimson Peak. Yeah, I didn't either. Which he did just the big haunted Justin. house movie, and then the TV show The Strain. Yeah, was... so I don't like him at all. I don't think I've ever really loved a movie he's <laughs> I made. Fucking, I hate that. I guy. hate. I hate Guillermo del Toro. I I don't like him. Fuck him. Yeah, I I think he's he's kind of in Terry Gilliam territory where but like bad Terry. Gilliam. Terry Gilliam is bad. What's is a Terry Gilliam bad? Yeah. No, what's a right great there. Terry Gilliam no, I film? I, I mean, know. Brazil is is great, but if Terry Gilliam's not making a good script, he's a bad filmmaker. Right. He makes boring, Stupid visually things. interesting film. I, yeah, I think yeah. he's kind of. I wanted to see. Like originally Guillermo was going, I'm using his first name because I don't want to keep saying Guillermo del Toro, not because I think I'm a first name basis. Just say tell del Toro. DT, GDT. Just say del Toro. Del Toro. That's not any better. He was originally <laughs> supposed to make the t- the Hobbit films. Right. Uh, but it took so long to get the right settled that he abandoned the project and Peter Jackson took over. And I would have wanted to see a GDT Hobbit. I think that would have probably been a lot more interesting than what we ended up getting. Yeah. So I didn't even see The Hobbit. There's three of them, and they're, they're all bad. very bad yeah. films. Because he wasn't even using a script when he was writing, when making the films. At first, it was going to be two films, and it was going to be three, and he just was all over the was place. Was this Peter Jackson? Yeah, Jeez. Peter Jackson. Yeah, so to segue, okay, well, let's just segue right in then. Um, <clears throat> to our lists, our individual lists of movies we think are extremely overrated. Mm. I think I don't like the Lord of the Rings movies. Wow, at all. I think the, they're completely the most controversial opinion that we're gonna have. They I just think they're so well. dumb and so. F- I've never liked them. I mean, I liked the second Return of the King. I think the second one, Two Towers, is the second. Two one. Towers. I think 
or no, maybe the first one I I, the Fellowship I of the can't Ring. remember which one I liked. <laughs> maybe the What's first the plot? one. What happens? I think it's the first one that I I thought was good, but then I remember seeing the next two, and I was just like, these movies suck. There's the ending of the last one is so bad. It's like so over the top. It's like the movie ends for forty five minutes yeah. of characters just like Notoriously. like like gazing longingly into each other's eyes for forty five fucking minutes. It's so stupid and like self indulgent. But did you see the extended cut? Oh, it goes on even longer. Please, no. That's almost it's four like hours longer long. Longer gazing, longer eye gazing between fucking Frodo. I just think these epic films that are. Uh, thematically and in terms of the characters one dimensional where there's the good guys and the bad guys and sure enough the bad guys are really ugly and like dark skinned and it's just like the good guys are like beautiful people it's just so fucking stupid well they're fairy tales and fairy tales are simplistic by nature but that doesn't mean that they serve no purpose yeah I mean, but it's they're like a lasting thing within western culture and then the the version of a fairy tale that's like more complex is like Phantom Thread. What? Well, when PTA talks about Phantom Thread, he talks about how like in interviews, he talks about how important like fairy tale tropes were in the creation of the story, which makes sense if you think about it. Poison dresses like the pretty woman in the dress and the like evil stepmother type of character and mm, interesting so you know where did you hear that in an interview with pta on fresh air mm. which you refuse to listen to because you hate terry gross i do not like terry gross the story about why he's named reynolds woodcock is hilarious no wait what's that you don't know that uh, well, I just know Daniel Plainview is another great name from yeah. his movies. But why? Yeah. So why is Ronald Woodcock? It's clearly like, you know, a continuation. But yeah, they sorry. were they were texting back and forth. He and Daniel Day Lewis joking around with names, and Daniel Day Lewis sent Reynolds Woodcock, and Paul Thomas Anderson laughed hysterically and was like, oh, "I'm going to put that in," yeah, <laughs> which that, I think that, is it's great. Such a you can tell like that's a guy who thinks in a really unique and yeah, strange way because totally. most of us would be like wah, 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 wah. okay yeah, now no, on let's to make him a real name john yeah, johnson yeah yeah, 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 yeah and then yeah. he sees yeah. that and goes like i'm i'm, I'm just doing gonna it. put that in there That's and great. it ends up working it works so well it's great i know it's amazing the the weird humor of that film man. is what i enjoyed about no, it p- p- uh, yeah paul thomas anderson is like a really funny guy yeah you know he's not he's not not a comedy writer but he's really funny yeah I mean, you know, Boogie Nice is hilarious. So yes. is Magnolia in its own way. You know? And yeah. and There Will Be Blood. Yeah, it's really funny. Like those one-liners. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, I will also agree that Phantom Thread is... I mean, it's better than The Master. Because The Master is a mess. And it's better than... Way better than... I don't even remember the name of that stupid Inherent Michael. Vice. Inherent Vice. Way better than that. I didn't see either of those. Um. You didn't see The Master or her name mm-hmm. place? That's shocking. I know. I think The it's Master is shocking. pretty amazing. Was, uh, yeah. It, it, my movie going goes so up and down depending on what's going on in my life. There's just chunks of films that I haven't seen, and then I'll get back into it again, and I'll see everything. It's hard. 
So let's get back to Lord of the Rings. Back to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings to me, it's got the so, same problem with Star Wars. It's like good versus evil, very fucking. So shallow, you hate the template, stupid. Yeah, it's just not. But you I'm just not into don't it. like fantasy. I love Game of Thrones. Okay, well that's that's different. Game of Thrones is like the like soap opera version of a fairy tale. We're talking like a fairy tale or a soap opera. Yeah, it's true. It's like soap opera fairy tale. Yeah. And the nice thing about soap operas is the characters are more complex and they have more motivation. Why do you need that complexity all the time? I mean, because I, I hate, as a person in general, what bothers me is when everybody on one side just thinks that they're right, yeah. you know, and that we're right because we're us, and the people across the divide are wrong because they're them. And that has always driven me fucking crazy. And it's, it drives me politics. crazy in California. Yeah, but it, it like it is it's in a, a weird movie. way. Yeah, but it, like it is politics because people, I, I hate the idea of people just being told that I'm the good guy because I'm me, you know, and like good guys are like me and bad guys are those other people out there. Like, I don't like that othering that goes on, you know? Well, let's get on to the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it sounds like your disagreement is with a certain kind of storytelling versus well, the individual. Film. And I would like to make a segue, which is that a movie that has very complex characters that Charles said he doesn't like and is a good example of this is Fight Club. Oh, yeah. There you go. So, yeah, why don't you like... Complexity. Okay, so here we go. We're moving on to the next... I, I like Fight... I don't, I because just, I, of course, love Fight Club. I dislike Fight Club not for really filmmaking reasons. Uh, so much as I think Fight Club is, as we discussed earlier, a movie that is often discussed by people that don't understand what the film is about and they use it as this model yeah. that is not appropriate. Like Tyler Durden is not someone to be emulated. Mm. Tyler Durden is a fascist and Tyler Durden is up to no good. So people that are like quoting Tyler yeah. Durden. Yeah, as their guy. All right, right, it's right. Ve- the, the intent of that movie and the book has been so fucked up that I have to go, oh, the art was badly made. So, okay, so what was the intent? Do you, do you the intent was a critique. Of what? The cr- I mean, it's been ages since I've watched this film because I don't like it. But it's a critique of, of masculinity in mm-hmm. some ways. It's, a, it's this this idea that the way to escape materialism and to escape modern consumer culture is to instead embrace yeah. rigid conformity in other ways. It's also right, right, in this sort of, of dark way. Yes, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's very dead on that. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's, you know, there's so many pieces of art like this, like born in the USA, the song, this is like a classic example of that. Like born in the USA is all about, making fun of being born in the USA, right. the song. It's, it's about, like, mocking Ironic it. lyric. Yeah, it's an ironic lyric. Yet, every football game, uh-huh. you hear them playing yeah. born in the USA, <laughs> and people are singing it, like, as if it actually means the thing it's making fun and of. Reagan's campaign had to be right. told by Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> yeah, like, stop yeah, using yeah, my this song. This is the wrong interpretation. Well, that happens a lot with art. Yeah. That yeah. happens a lot with art, and that's kind of one thing... But I think that's something that makes art good, and that's something that makes something good. That quality does not mean that the art has failed necessarily. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think that Fight Club is a bad movie. I don't think that it's a failure as a film, but as a cultural touchstone, it leaves a lot to be desired because 
people take people it have taken way. it completely the wrong way. I and think I used that's to, very smart, especially when I was in college and just out of college. I'd see people, and this is dating me somewhat, but you'd have their their aim profiles, and they'd have Tyler, Tyler Durden, Durden quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, what would Tyler Durden do? And that kind of stuff. And I was always like, man, I don't know that you really should be doing, doing that. that. Yeah, it's right. it's very strange take. Yeah, it's like my high school, every black kid loved Scarface so much. And it was like, right. you realize that this is like, the entire point of that movie is like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, don't be Scarface. And, uh, but still, you know, hey, again, I'm susceptible to that shit. I love Tyler, Tyler Durden. I mean, like, I'm totally like one of those fanboys that's like, yeah, fucking let's burn it no, down. No, I, I remember, you know, I remember one of my college roommates after that film came out was like, he was a very straight man. But he goes, you know what? If I had to have sex with a man, it would definitely be Brad Pitt. In, in Fight Club. And I'm yeah. like, that's really weird. <laughs> that's, that's a really weird answer. I love, the only thing I love about Tyler Durden in that movie is his outfits yeah. are so ridiculous. And it's something that's so fantastic about that movie because in a way, like you watch it, and I do think it's kind of a lasting story. I don't think it dates very much, but those outfits are ridiculous. They're yeah. very like Tokyo cowboy, like, orange parachute pants and like a aqua tea <laughs> yeah it's an instant <laughs> right am i right <laughs> it's an instant classic throughout it's so unique in its vision but also i don't like chuck polinick i don't think you don't he's like a, his writing yeah. no i don't i Not hate his writing really and oh. i think and i think that also what is, what like is, it. That's is why I like the movie, but I don't like the book. Snuff? Did you ever read Snuff? I never read Snuff, but I've read a bunch of his books. Uh, I, I had like a phase where I read like four of his books. The only now. story I like of his is the one where the guy puts his asshole next to the the suction in a swimming pool and it sucks out his insides. It's, <laughs> oh my God. It's, 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 I mean, it's such an effectively horrifying short story that it's good, mm, but, but most of Chuck Palahniuk stuff, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got a a, a sort of. Uh, he was like a thing. closeted gay dude forever. Well, right, he's like that. very masculine, yeah. but like over-masculine. But, but a little bit over masculine. Yeah. yeah, like this year also again, I, I would like to address Lady Bird and Black Panther. Yeah. Both of those uh, movies that seem to be completely sensationalized. And of course, me being the person that I am, I'm thinking, oh, it's because it's a woman and it's because it's black things. And it's like these things are just being put on a pedestal because of the identity of the creators instead of the actual merits of the art. Uh, Lady Bird, though, I will say I watched with a very like level-headed conservative friend of mine and he loved it. Mm. He was like, this is fucking great. It's very, and very And everyone well loves it. Everyone loves this movie. And for some reason for me, I watch it and I'm just like, this is such a name blabbering idiocy. And I am so not interested in any of these characters. I know that I'm just seeing the life of whatever the fuck her name is. What is her name? Greta, Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Like, oh, I'm such a special like snowflake. Like my life in Sacramento. I'm so special. And like, meh. what is the it's plot like, I just in a sentence? Don't fucking I've care. Not, I don't know anything about Lady Bird. I thought it was. A, I've said this before, but I really thought it was about Lady Bird Johnson from most <laughs> of the year. People kept. I'm like, wow, people love this Lady Bird Johnson movie. I really did. <laughs> 
thought it was a, a, a biopic. It's about the childhood weirdness of Lady Bird Johnson growing up in Sacramento. Yeah, no, it's just about a hipster girl. It's just no. about no. a young hipster girl who grows up and she's so smart and it's like so Isaac, hard to be the her. The word hipster doesn't apply in this scenario. I think everybody in the world would agree that it's about a hipster girl from California. Is it like Juno? No. Because I hate Juno. No, no. I hate Juno too. It is a coming of age story about an adolescent girl. And I don't think with purple hair who's like, I'm super I'm going to a Catholic school, but the hair I'm, I'm anti I am pro abortion and I'm gonna stand up. I have to call you on your obsession with like yeah. hair coloring. SJW like this is hair a, coloring. People have been coloring their hair yeah. for Fucking many more forever. years than than hipster signaling. Okay. My but sis- now it's hipster signaling. I, I don't think so. Not I think really. there's a lot of I think the pink hair move is pretty. It's like SJW no, hardcore no, Tumblr. It's not that at all. You don't understand my si- this style. <laughs> my sister has been changing her hair color since probably high school, and it has nothing to do with identity. She just likes weird hair looks. It's also, when you're a teenage girl. Like dyeing your hair is like the number one go-to thing. It has nothing to do with politics. I don't think it's a lot of being conservative a girl. girls are dyeing their hair though. But that's a different thing. Just be- I, I would. You're probably wrong. I bet like the majority of teenage girls in America, white teenage girls, dye their hair. And again, whether they are sanctioned to do so by their parents no, or not. I don't think the the girls of Texas are dyeing okay. their hair. Well, what does that mean? I just don't think the like you're, you're talking about this. This is the problem: is you're you're applying political yeah. ideology Where to something fit. that's not relevant to the discussion. Because w- whatever your politics are, liberal or conservative, are not really tied to your sort of early testing your boundaries as as a teenager. It's not really about that. Exactly. Teenagers are rebellious sometimes, and they go, "Oh, every girl at my school is blonde." I don't want to be like these other girls. I'm going to have crazy red hair. Okay. Exactly. The point is Fine. teenage not, girls don't, don't have mad at me. politics the way you do. It's not like a 16-year-old girl has like the same conception of politics as you do. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. We're just, Why are we talking about Well, this? because sometimes you throw things out there and then we yeah. just kind of accept it as a premise, but sometimes the premise needs to be pushed back. Okay, out. fine. Sometimes fine. Hair you color has nothing to a, do with politics. A context. Although it obviously does. But okay. No, uh, the, the point is context, Isaac. There's not the same context for everything. You can't superimpose a context on a piece of art that literally doesn't exist. Like me, you can't look at a abstract expressionist painting from 1945 and go say something about black panther like they're not the let me give you the impressionists in the late 1800s i said abstract expressionist is that what's the difference between an expressionist and an abstract expressionist First, you said impressionist. Oh, sorry, impressionist. Sorry, abstract expressionist is different. Anyway, (laughs) there was an English. Let me give you. Let me give you an example. Yes, from my youth, when I was a senior in high school, I got blonde highlights in my hair. Nice. This was not a political statement. This was simply me who had been broken up with going. I'll show them, and I got blonde highlights. It had nothing to do with my politics. And And did you show them? No. <laughs> they could not have cared less. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Um, so what's the larger point here? Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. You loved it. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I thought it was a very, very solid movie that was really well written and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Is it comedy? Is it like comedic? It's supposed dramedy? to be funny. It it's doesn't funny. make me laugh. I mean, it's funny. it's a little bit clever at times, but it just seems so incredibly indulgent to me. I don't, I don't know. It's like again, like I watched it with my friend Nick, who's like knows movies really well. He's you know not a hipster at all. He's a very conservative guy, not very, but pretty. And he was like, I love this. It's like so good. It's so fresh and blah blah blah. But for me, like for some reason, it was like. I get this feeling sometimes when I'm watching movies. I also I feel this way when I'm watching Kevin Smith movies. It's like I feel like I can see the actors reading their lines. Like I see them reading these like quippy lines, and it's like it just feels so phony to me. And yeah. that was what watching that movie. I was shocked. Like I was watching, it and I was like, "This movie's so bad." Three billboards had a lot of. That. I have a question. Right, and it, and I was Nick was like, "I'm loving this," and I was like, "So it was one of those things where you're just so surprised that you're experiencing something so." I have a question for Isaac Simpson. What films as a teenager did you identify with? Like what films did you watch when you were a teenager (laughs) about teenagers that you were like, oh, this really speaks to me. Like this is like getting my worldview. Belly. Yeah. I think (laughs) that's probably not to make it about race, but I think you're just like an inner black boy. (laughs) Outer black boy, according to the (laughs) audience of unpopular opinion. No, because one guy saw your name <laughs> and thought it was a black person. Oh, no, I think he listened. Whereas no. all of those oh, he just like saw my white na- stonery... He saw my name yeah. and just thought I somebody must be black? Yes. Wow. Whereas all those like white stonery things... Right. Like I so identify Yeah, you... Ident- no, I think you're absolutely right about that. I The things that I identify with as a kid, when I see these like white disaffected teen movies, it just makes me sick because I just don't identify with it at all like my childhood was so not like that same thing with another movie on our list yeah. uh dazed and confused mm. i feel the exact same way about dazed and confused like when i watch that movie i'm like i have nothing to do with these kids i was so not like this like i never had that like oh my innocence is being lost so not like them I'm, in what yeah. way i just don't like i feel like so many white suburban people identify with that movie as like this was what my childhood was like Is and for me really? i just don't see why people, people like that movie whereas i look at it and i'm just like i have nothing to do with i this. thought that was a very specific because that's set in like a small texas, texas yeah. town Not small. Yeah, in the 70s i think it's, I think it's like 70s. i think it's like the suburbs so it's it's very because i don't I, I haven't watched days and confusing so long so i don't really have a strong opinion on it but uh one of the things that I think it's just about a very specific time and place. So that's what it's about. And you can, when things are about something very specific, you yeah, draw you larger like themes from it. Not. Right, right. But no, I don't but know that people identify people, with Days and Confused. I think they, I th- people love that movie for a reason. It's not just like a slice of life about it. Well, it's a very funny movie. It's a very funny, well put together movie. It's like, what was that movie? Um, I feel like it's the precursor to... Um, the movie about the three boys, uh, super St- bad. Surf oh. ninjas. Super bad. <laughs> I feel like this is Surf like, like, like that's where su- movies like super bad came from. Yes. <laughs> True. Youth, I don't know. I love, films. I love Richard yeah, Linkletter. You... I think Slacker is amazing. I think the Sunrise Sunset movies are incredible. I think he's amazing. Do you have to be connected to what's happening in the film plot wise to enjoy it? Yeah, I think you need to relate. I think I think you need to relate to at least one character in it. 
and and see like yourself. But you can relate to somebody that's different than you. Yeah, sure. But it's still the framework of that relatability has to resemble something that you understand. You know, whereas if this is just a bunch of people that you feel no connection with, then I think you know, it's harder to, to relate to that. What was know? a movie you saw as a youth that made you discover something about yourself? Discover that, something Yeah, where you, you watched it and you were like, holy shit, this has changed, this has changed my understanding of the world. Was there anything like that? I mean, I remember seeing uh, Mulholland Drive when I was in high school. It's very and disturbing. Being, <laughs> being really <laughs> blown away and feeling like, wow, this is like so fucking good. I remember seeing Training Day and feeling like totally blown away by it. Blown away in what way, though? Just like this movie is so but good. But I mean, in terms of, you just talked about how you relate to characters, right? right? Well, you relate to the Ethan Hawke character okay. in the movie, you know, obviously. <laughs> no, but I mean, how did that relate to you? Like, well, I think I, 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 think, I, think I related to that. Relate to Ethan Hawke. I think I related to that level. character because I was a white guy that was like immersing myself in this like kind of dangerous black world in varying degrees. Okay. So when I saw that on screen, I felt like very connected to it because I was like, "Wow, like I know exactly that guy's feelings." Like when he's in that house <clears throat> in the hood. And it's like these like guys are just saying increasingly weird shit to him that he doesn't really understand. Like, I understood that feeling so well that I was like, wow, I really relate to that guy. Whereas I never had that, you know, all these movies about being an awkward guy. Like, I'm awkward and what do I do? And like, I'm Timothy Chalamet in fucking Lady Bird. Like, just I'm so disaffected. Like, I was so not like that, you know? And so for me, I was, I, I, like, I feel much more fish out of water in a different way than being like, I'm awkward, you know? Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's great having audience in here. Yeah, it's tell great us having, when to proceed. you can see how me and Gracie's relationship is really just great. Uh, okay, what else, what else don't you like, Charles? Uh, we made a big list, so you're going to have to show me. It's on both pages. That, that glass is going to fall over. Yeah, be very careful. I don't like Coen Brothers comedies. Mm. I, most of oh. them I do not <clears throat> enjoy. I, I hated Burn After Reading. That's my throw in here. I've seen that once. I thought it was fine. I didn't... I couldn't stand it. What do you not like about it? It was just so irritating. Yeah. Everyone was so irritating. Right. And it was just like... I just, ugh, the pacing of it. I just remember it ending and being like, that was the most annoying experience of my life. Like, fuck all those people. They don't they don't love their characters. They, they have contempt for them a lot of the time, which is very... Sometimes. A lot of, in their comedies especially. There's nobody where you're like, oh, that's... Oh, I don't agree with that. Like I feel like in Big Lebowski and Fargo, Lebowski, they love those characters. Le- yeah. Big Lebowski is kind of an exception, and I don't really consider Fargo a, a pure comedy. comedy. No, I'm talking about their pure, this is a like Hudsucker Proxy, yeah, fucking right, right. horrendous. Wait, yeah. what other ones? Hudsucker Proxy, Raising Arizona. Uh, They're kind of making fun of I consider yeah, True Grit to actually be a comedy because mm-hmm. it's not very dramatic at all, right. and everybody's making dumb lines all the time. All those... With the exception of the Big Lebowski, every time I watch one of their comedies, I'm just annoyed from start to finish. Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, but their dramas, I love. Uh, Miller's Crossing being my favorite of theirs. I needed to re-see that. I uh, used to love Raising Arizona, and I rewatched it recently, and I 
just I didn't connect with it yeah. at all. I was like, this is really. I think bad. they hate their characters. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's why I have such a hard time with yeah. their movie, except for Le- Big Lebowski, because they love. They love the dude. Yeah. They love the dude. Yeah. yeah. So that really makes him fun to be with the whole movie. Right. Whereas Raising Arizona, they're all fucking stupid rednecks. Right, yeah. right, right. Or Hudsucker Proxy, everybody's quirky and weird. Yeah. And nobody's really yeah. relatable in a human way. It's true. And they're, Burn After Reading, as you yeah. said. What happens in Miller's Crossing? I need to see that. There's, uh, what's his face, Gabriel? It's the only time I've enjoyed... Um, what is that actor's name? Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Uh, he's like a hitman and he gets double crossed by his bosses and he concocts this huge plot to get revenge and John Turturro's in it. And there's just lots of scenes of... It's a, the movie where he takes John Turturro out in the woods and he's about to kill him and then John Turturro pleads for his life. Yeah. I've never actually seen that. It's it's I, I love Miller's Crossing. It's one of yeah, my favorites. I think I, I've seen this movie. I just can't remember no. totally. 1991, 90? Yeah, so I think we're in agreement there. What else we got here? You don't like Ferris Bueller. I, I, just, I, I think that... I, I don't know. I, I, it feels to me like one of these nostalgia movies where everybody is looking at it with rose-colored glasses and not really looking at it for the movie that it is. Ferris Bueller's an annoying character. He's he annoying. is annoying. <clears throat> I never understood how he got that hot girl. Yeah. Well, I think that movie for me was... I definitely... That movie hit me like right in where it hit a lot of people. Like I loved it when I saw it the first time. Because you want it to be first. Yeah, right. Because you view yourself as, oh, I'm this guy who's always an outcast, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Again, relatability, I think, is like, or at least aspirational relatability in that case, where you're like, oh, that guy's like me, you know? And I think a lot of people felt that. I related with the assistant principal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or principal, whatever I related to the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although or, not later in life when he was arrested for child pornography, but mm, earlier. Yeah. What about like, like, uh, same, I had the exact same feeling watching that as I had watching Breakfast Club. Yeah. I was going to say, what about Breakfast Club? Do you know, I have Candles? never watched Breakfast Club in my life. That's Can you believe crazy. that? It's yeah. a really good movie. I mean, it's like, so, I don't know. There's something about it. That's it's just so, so good. perfect. Yeah. I always loved 16 Candles growing up, but maybe it was because I related with the like nerdy younger sister who was like always getting overlooked you know, by the hot guy in school. I had a hard time with 80s teen movies because by the time I was a teenager, the era had moved so far away from that, it yeah. felt totally alien. It didn't feel like anything resembling my life. Yeah. So I never got into those 80s teen films at all. Right, like right, they completely, yeah. I would always feel removed because I'm like, what? What? planet is this yeah <laughs> i was wearing weird clothes and, and, and strange music and it wasn't that far away like yeah. 1988 versus 1995 right but it was too close yeah it was like too weirdly close yeah. which is that's the thing about those decades it's like if you're too close to them they're like unpleasant yeah so all those 80s teen movies i just never Got loved into. the way that some people did yeah. whereas i like john hughes's other non-teen stuff which like is like what planes trains and automobiles oh one, that's john hughes one of the greatest films mm. ever made oh my god i didn't realize that was him yeah the john hughes is a fucking legend yeah people don't talk about him enough no that movie is a great movie wow what happened to john hughes is he dead he, he, he died when years ago i think in the aughts huh wow yeah. Um, okay. Wes Anderson movies. Well, what what else needs to be? Said? I mean, does my personality <laughs> give any indication? Twee? I didn't. You don't twee? love Twee. 
I like Fuck whimsy, twee. but not twee. You like whimsy, but not twee. I like twee. them for the visual. What's the difference between whimsy and twee? Whimsy is more random. Twee is more planned. So what's whimsy? Well, obviously, Wes oh. Anderson owns twee. What's whimsy? I have to think about that. <laughs> like mean, Home Alone? That's what I think of when I think of whimsy. No. Okay. What? Whimsy? John it's H- whimsy. By the way, John Hughes wrote Home Alone. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> Fucking John Hughes. I just always see Wes Anderson movies as like a purely visual experience. Right. Like there's no writing. There's no characters. It's a purely visual, like, you know, momentary, superficial experience. And that's why some of them are stronger than others. Like the recent one about the kids in the woods or whatever. Moonrise Kingdom. That one I hated. It's horrible. Whereas Steve Zuzu and I know that's not what it's actually called. Life Aquatic, The Royal Tenenbaums and Darjeeling Limited are all so visually specific and rich that they, you know, they can ride on that a little more. I... I haven't watched Royal Tenenbaums since it came out in 2001, so I may revisit it and be like, oh, this is great. I, But I remember being irritated. Yeah, it's I, irritating. Not, not only at the movie, but also the way the people in the audience were just like so pleased with themselves for liking it. I yeah. just had this feeling of like, ah, everything in this is aggravating. I really hate when... Um, people dress up as the Gwyneth Paltrow character for <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> which growing up in like the world I dead. grew up yeah, in, yeah. I just have seen so many fucking times. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's like the one virtue. That's like my version of like virtue signaling that annoys me. It's like, you're signaling like, I'm really aware of like slightly, you know, artsy film and this kind of like a little bit avant-garde style. And yeah, just... but I'm also a disaffected rich girl. So right. it's like, it's really just being myself. Yes. Yeah. I love Life Aquatic because I feel like that's the one time when he kind of broke out of his mold a few times. Like that scene at the end when the pirates attack them and people are getting murdered and stuff. It's so like weird and bleak yeah. that I really enjoyed it. Well, and but his first movie, this is what bleak. everybody forgets, is his first movie was Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. is so different than any of his yeah. later shit, right. which is like a like a high-paced like crime thriller yeah. brothers movie, which I rewatch I liked the first time and then I rewatched it and it just does nothing for me now, but this was like Luke and Owen Wilson's like yeah. breakout. Oh, I don't yeah. Know. I saw him. I watched that recently, too. I served him a drink uh, once at the Ace Hotel when I was a bartender there, and he was wearing his stupid fucking suit. Yeah. And I remember just, he's like a little weird guy, and I remember just being like, I mean, whatever. You know, look, he's an artist. He's a great artist, uh, but I just, you know, like, do you really have to wear your suit around all the time? Well, it gets into that, like, is this signaling or is yeah, this like, you like, yeah, what do you on. like what's going on i don't know but Whatever. i don't I, I don't want to hate it i i hate his movies i don't like them but i don't want to hate on like the man i haven't watched his movies in so long but rushmore was after bottle rocket right yes it was the second yeah. one. Oh yeah and that was right. I, I didn't love that when it came out i remember but i was also 16 so yeah. who knows what i was thinking what you were right yeah i just remember my dad loving rushmore and bottle rocket he was like so into early wes anderson I, um, I did get teary during Steve Zissou. 
that's the one. I think I liked the movie because I was emotionally moved by it. That's it's just so impressive. Wasn't. Yeah. I need to rewatch it. That's, there's a scene when they're in the submarine and they're all down there and they finally see the shark that ate Steve Zissou's partner. And Steve Zissou is finally has an, one emotional moment in the film. And I was like, oh, I, I connect to this. So that's mm-hmm. why I like that movie because I felt real emotional something out of it. Unlike yeah. his other movies where I'm like, who gives a it's fuck? It's just, yeah, you're like so removed. Yeah. Um, okay, F- rounding this out here, uh, what else do we have? Um, you don't like... It's all about mine. Well, okay, so what's another one for me? Um, well, Baby Driver, I definitely agree. That movie was way overrated. I think we all agree yeah, about I mean, that. Yeah, it was pointless. I um, You know, Black Panther, I mean, come on. It's just fucking superhero movie. Did you, it's fine. you saw it, though? Yeah. Well, yeah. How was it, like, as a... Separate from everything else, how was it as a... Like it's a superhero fine. movie. I mean, I was bored. I'm always bored in superhero movies. Yeah. It's just the same old shit. I mean, this one at least was like kind of different because it was like they were fighting internally more so than fighting outward people, which was kind of cool. But honestly, the movie's kind of a mess. I mean, there's like two... You know, like superhero movies always work in this way where there's like the initial threat, which gets taken care of in the first act. Yeah. And then they build up to this much larger threat yeah. that ends at the end of act three. Yeah. The problem with this is the initial threat takes like three quarters of the movie. Uh. And then the final threat like gets kind of squeezed in at the very end. So it's like the final threat's cool, but they don't need the initial threat. Okay. You know, or they could have made it way smaller. The initial threat doesn't pay off. It doesn't go anywhere. Right. And it's just like, well, what? Like it acts like it's a sequel or something. Right. And and it's not. Is it Andy Serkis, the initial yeah. threat? Yeah, who's awesome. Clow. Yeah, yeah. His, it's a very cool. Andy Serkis is so cool. No. Um, but it's it goes on and on, and then it's like you realize, oh, this is like the first act. Okay. And then the movie still has like the whole other part of the movie to tell. And then it's like there's this huge showdown in the end, and it's kind of like not really earned. Right. So, I don't know. I don't like this guy's movies. I don't really Ryan like Coogler. Ryan Coogler's movies. Like, I saw Creed, like, also was just bored out of my mind. Um, <clears throat> I don't really understand why he has the reputation that he has. I mean, he clearly can make big movies, but besides that, I don't really get it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's fine. It's not horrible. I mean, it's visually very cool. Um, you know, I'm a fan of Michael B. Jordan, even though he's horrible in this movie. He's really bad. Really? Yeah. Because a lot of people bad. were saying that he was... He was good in it. Well, he looks hot. Oh, okay. He's like yeah. rips his shirt off and he's he like good. got like a twenty pack. I was my, I tweeted something I was proud of, but didn't get this much love. <laughs> and I tweeted because his character's name is Killmonger, right? That's his like code name. Anyway, that's yeah. his code name in the movie. So I tweeted Killmonger was trying to buy NBC, which, if you know anything about black conspiracy theories, <laughs> is the reason that Cosby had rape allegations is because in the '90s he was trying to purchase NBC. Oh. And these came out to defame him mm. 20 wow. years later. That's for some too, that too is deep. Very only, deep. Only, <laughs> only black friends of mine enjoyed this. So like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that. No, I mean, you know, what's sad about Michael B. Jordan is that, you know, he comes from The Wire where he played this, like, innocent kid who gets killed in yeah. season one. It's so fucking good. Yeah. 
And he's getting exploited, you know? And it's frustrating because he really has the opportunity to be a really great actor, but he's... Hollywood's doing to him what it's doing to all young talent now, which is like yeah. flash-forwarding them from zero to like a million in no, no time. Yeah. No time to grow. Yeah, so there's no time to grow into like a good actor before you're just being sold out right. well, for everything. Well, thrown and, in a million superhero movies. Right. Well, because we only... The only people we will look at as main characters in films are, have to be physically attractive specimens in their 20s to maybe mid 30s right. at best yeah. and that's all I was thinking about like big blockbuster movies even from the 90s yeah. And, yeah. and who was like Nicolas Cage yeah. used to be <laughs> yeah, right. like a blockbuster movie star like yeah. strange like, looking men yeah Dustin like in their Hoffman. 40s like weird <laughs> Dustin yeah. Hoffman yes is yeah. the perfect example of that yeah yeah we don't want any 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 flaws you no. know they have to be perfect looking yeah. and you even see like people with, like tom cruise who is always perfect looking but even now as an action hero he's like super buff like yeah. 50 like i'm 50 but i'm like really in great shape yeah. you know where it's like yeah what happened to like normal looking dudes like don't we like those guys i love that's why i've always loved gene hackman yeah yeah because gene hackman is just like just such a normal fucking guy. Yeah. And he's always looked the same. For like 40 years, he's been this kind of scouring, like, <laughs> yeah. older man. Yeah. And he's such a good actor. It's like your friend's dad. Yeah. yeah. Who's like, but has. who like gets a little too angry. Yeah. Sometimes. Who's like, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who's like a real mean guy. Yeah. Mr. Hackman <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> was home when I went over. He was really mean. He. How about you get out of my office? <laughs> Speaking of Wes Anderson, he and Wes Anderson had major conflict on the set of Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, yeah. And that kind of led to probably the best part of the movie is Gene Hackman because yeah. the movie's so like twee and structured and everything. And Gene Hackman he is breaks completely out of that. not right. yeah. that, which is great for his character. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It just makes him this really real guy in the midst of everybody posing and wearing stupid costumes. Right. Okay. Speaking Gene of Jane. I have one. He retired. He retired from acting. Oh, did he? Yep. Good for him. I have one that is a movie I love, but Isaac hates it for no good reason, which is the Birdcage. I don't hate the Birdcage. La Caja Fan or the or the American one. I don't hate the Birdcage. I can't believe you're saying that. Well, you never want to watch it. We did rewatch it recently. It's, I mean, it's fine. That's a good movie. I like. It is a perfect film. Yeah, Birdcage is good. Nathan Lane's awesome. It's a perfect film. I'd like to throw that out there. The Birdcage is a... Who? I'm trying to remember who made that. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, No, I don't hate the Birdcage. It's crazy. Okay. Remember when Nathan Lane used to pretend that he wasn't gay? That was during that era when Nathan (laughs) Lane was like, I'm not gay. (laughs) Being very gay in this movie. (laughs) Okay, what else is on the list? Um, Okay, we got... uh, uh, Charles doesn't like Ghostbusters. Yeah. Mm. I don't hate it, but I think it's very overrated. If you watch it, it's kind of... Yeah, it probably does not age well. You don't like The Shining? How is that even possible? I I, I respect The Shining, but I, I'm not really sold on it being this great horror film. Mm. No, I it's, mean, I agree. I, I don't think anybody... It's like, yeah, I think we all feel the same way about The Shining. Um, Let's see here. Oh, for me, uh, I think the new Quentin Tarantino movies are really bad. I think everything since... Kill Bill is bad. Hmm. I don't like what 
Can I see the list? I, I don't like Inglorious Bastards. I love everybody loves Inglorious Bastards. I don't like it at all. I think it's a bad. I've movie. seen it only once. I enjoyed it when I saw it in the theater, whatever year that was. I just think it's bad. I think it's a bad film. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people like it. It makes no. When I when people like that movie, I'm like, are you watching a different movie? Because it just seems bad. It's very set piecey. Yeah, it's set piecey. It's corny. It's over the top. It's like the whole Tarant. Pulp Fiction is so fucking good. So is Jackie Brown. I think Jackie Brown is better than Pulp Fiction. I mean, both of them are, are masterpieces. And, you know, even Kill Bill in its own way, because it's like, what 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 Quentin Tarantino is great at is like revealing these subcultures yeah. of America that are like kind of hidden, that, that normally normal Hollywood filmmakers never touch. Like what? Well, like Secret Jackie ninja Brown. Assassin squads. Well, no, but I mean, you know, Jackie Brown is very yeah. true to L.A. No. You know, I mean, it's really to like gritty L.A. and it's real. So is Pulp Fiction. He's like kind of super random. Yeah. People. And it's like even even Kill Bill is kind of this like southwestern landscape of like white trash people that yeah. so it feels really real and you, like really true to life. Do you Whereas, know how I knew Jackie Brown was like a great film? How? I, because my mom hates violent movies with cursing in it. She just hates anything like that. And she was asking me for movie recommendations. I was like, you should really watch Jackie Brown. Sit down and watch that. And she emailed me later and she was like, that movie was so great and yeah. so amazing. I'm like, all right, if, if, if he can win over my like semi-conservative <laughs> prudish mom, like that's a that's a great it's a film. great film i think it's, just, it's yeah. i think it's his best film. I, I i wouldn't necessarily i mean i i have a special place in my heart for pulp fiction just because of that final scene is just so perfect to me yeah uh but for the most part uh yeah you know he's his dialogue it's just the best and yeah i saw him once in new orleans at like five o'clock in the morning at this bar licking some girls feet. yeah basically hitting on some like hot college girl yeah but it was like clearly Tarantino is a guy who at least at some point really was immersed in these worlds, you know, at some yeah. level, or at least he lived it. You can tell he lived it a little bit at some point, you know. I mean, even the character he plays in Pulp Fiction, who's like, you know, this racist Jimmy drug dealer. Lake. Yeah, <laughs> he's from Toluca Lake. It's yeah. like so perfect. Um, but once he gets into these historical pieces. It's like that whole thing just wears off. Like, I'm just not interested in Quentin Tarantino yeah. history pieces. They're just not interesting movies. Like, you, he needs to be making movies about the present day. Mm. Like, why did he get on this tangent? It's very dumb. Do you think his Manson Murders movie will be any good? No, because it's going to be the same bullshit. I mean, it's, it's these historical revision movies. Just make a fucking movie about today. No. Make a movie about Hollywood. That's what he needs to make. You should make a sexual assault movie. Yeah, there's something. I don't Did know. you see Death Proof? Uh, his half of Grindhouse. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, I, did. I think that's I his worst it. movie. Yeah, it's, it's so also bad. the movie most debilitated by his foot fetish. There's <laughs> scene after scene in that movie where I'm like, Are you, yeah. is this scene in here only for feet <laughs> reasons? Because if you watch the extended version of it, there's a scene where one of the girls has her foot sticking out a window, and Kurt Russell comes up and licks it. Oh, right. And um, I was just watching it like... I know why this is in here. I know he's at home just jacking off (laughs) this gross foot stuff. That man loves feet. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Okay, so Manchester by the Sea, you don't Wait, like that. Wait, can, can we skip ahead yeah. a little bit? Yeah, that's where we're at. Why? Well, you didn't mention Elf. I don't know why you put Elf on here. He doesn't like Elf. That's so random. I mean, I don't have any strong People seem feelings. to love Elf. And uh, when I watched it, I was 
again, this is 15 years ago, so who knows what I'd think now. But it's true. It was a very big deal for some reason. And it is people. It's, it's a classic. It's one of the classic, yeah, classic holiday people yeah, love. Right. Elf. Anytime mm-hmm. the holidays roll around, I always see like all this elf shit. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember this. Bad Santa is the 2000 whatever era Christmas movie we should be celebrating. Not well, elf. that's another. I think that's Elf is a good example of something that's ironic being reclaimed in a superficially positive way. Oh, interesting. I, I remember so little about that movie. Like, I just have no idea what it's even about. I just remember d- really disliking it while I was yeah. watching it. Okay. Um, you have on here Children of Men. Which one of you put that on here? That's this guy. Why did we miss Manchester by the Sea? Well, I just want to skip ahead for a minute because I don't understand why how you could hate Children of Men. I don't hate Children of Men. I just don't think it's that good. Well, Everyone loves all, that movie. It just I don't like it. It doesn't resonate I mean, it's based on me. a book. But it's also a really good, actually a really good movie and a really good adaptation. And I think it's, a. I, I just love that whole like environmental destruction guilt thing. Yeah. Like that right. just really. Alfonso Cuaron is a great director. Gets to the core of me. I think he's, he's the Mexican that we should be the, celebrating. The real Mexican. You know, all those guys are friends. Yeah. Yeah. You met him, Del Toro, Inaritu, all yeah. like grew up together. Um, yeah. Cuaron made the best Harry Potter movie. He yeah. made an actual yeah, movie. Yeah, he is good. Right. Yeah, that was the best one. I still didn't really like any of those. Prisoner but, uh, of Azkaban? Yeah. Yes. But wait, so what else has Quaran did? Gravity. E to Mama Tambien. Is that what he was yes. his first thing, which was awesome. And um, the dogs one? No, that's an Aritu. Oh. Amores Perros. But anyway, um, yeah, Children of Men. It's, it's like I, I, there's so many cool things about it. Visually, it's awesome. Um, you know, I love Clive Owen. What happened to fucking Clive Owen? That was a weird interjection. Uh, Clive Owen was in Valerian. This Ooh, sad. Clive Owen, he, he did man. not look happy to be in that no, movie. No, he's sad. I love. He's like too ugly. That's what happened to him. He's like you're right. He's yeah. not hot he, enough to like he's, stay he's, on he's screen. He's got '90s face. He yeah, he has didn't '90s age like. Well. Yeah, he like has. He like doesn't look perfect. Yeah. So yeah. he's like not on TV anymore. He actually like drinks alcohol. Yeah. and isn't yeah. like plastic surgeryed up. He was in line to be James Bond. He was being considered for. I could pre- see that. Daniel he'd Craig. Be, he'd be a good. Oh, I love the Daniel Craig, James Bond. Yeah, I like Daniel Craig as James Bond, too. I love uh, apocalypse movies. Yeah, like Children <laughs> of Men. No, I mean, Children <laughs> of Men, the set pieces are great. You know, the whole scene where they have, uh, whatchamacallit, the Picasso, Guernica in the fucking house is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many great things about it, but at the same time, it's just like... I just yeah. don't remember it being a movie that when it came out, everyone was like, oh my God, it doesn't, didn't, like get that much children of men you know people love it but for me it's like yeah it's just there's something missing in it that i just like i don't relate to or i don't again not to keep going back to that but just like i don't know there's something about it i just didn't like that much um manchester by the sea okay you don't like that it's a black baby at the end yeah it's a fucking black baby that's what i think the problem is right it's like a nice blonde mother black black mother of the world gaia Rebirth. <laughs> Isaac hates black babies. I hate those black babies. No, okay. I don't care if it's a, okay. Just kidding. Don't don't Moving sound on. clip that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Manchester by the sea. Oh, I'm finish us off here. 
I mean, did you guys like Manchester by the Sea? I liked it a lot. I did. I, and I rewatched it, and it's even better again. I, I just, mean, besides Casey Affleck, whose face I don't like. I, I just felt very... I felt watching that, I felt the same way that I did about... It was my three billboards of last year, where I was like, I'm going to love this, because it has everything that I love in it. And I went to go see it, and I was left cold, mm. because I felt like everybody was acting up a storm. Yeah. yeah. I felt That's like the true. dialogue was very not realistic at all. Mm. Uh uh, and that coincidentally that redheaded kids in both movies. So maybe yeah. he's causing me a problem, <laughs> but actually I think he's fine in both of them, but they just felt like neither one felt legitimately real to me. Right, they felt right. like somebody coming to these two communities and being like, the, right, and being yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, how yeah, America yeah, is. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and not really making something I felt is legit connected to at all. Right. I just got more and more disconnected from, both the movies as they went on, which was surprising because I went in a hundred percent ready to like those movies. And Did you like Winter's Bone? Yes, I thought it was so good. I did like Winter's. I Bone. I liked Winter's Bone a lot, too. but Winter's well, Bone who made that. I don't remember his name. Yeah, that guy. That guy like I thought that was such a good movie. Name, her name was such it a been strong her. movie. But that's a movie I felt, unlike these two where I felt like this was, it felt very legitimate. It didn't feel yeah. like somebody coming in and being like, I'm going to use this kind of unusual American subculture to make a grander statement about stuff. I felt like it was somebody that went in and, and made a film that was connected to the yeah. reality of it. And Manchester by the Sea, I just was, the dialogue was so showy and everybody was just like, not to, not to overuse my phrase, but actually clutching their pearls when they were <laughs> acting. Right, right. In, in right. a way that I felt was was kind it was of fraudulent. A little, yeah, it was a little like trying to make a lot of statements about like the disappearing middle class and the Rust Belt and environmentalism. And no, I was making a joke. I still have to see almost all the movies from this past year. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were all bad. So don't don't waste your time. Mm-hmm.